in August of 2018, Stacy McGovern's mom was brutally murdered in her home. How can anyone possibly process that, let alone the wife of a police officer? Stacy's story and her success as a best-selling author, an entrepreneur, and a motivational speaker is going to surprise you and motivate you. I can't wait to hear Stacy's story. Have you ever felt like giving up, quitting, throwing in the towel? Welcome to Never Ever Give Up Hope featuring Carol Graham. She's an author, health coach, and motivational speaker. Backed into a corner multiple times in her life, Carol shares with you stories on how she overcame some of the toughest obstacles a person can go through in life, but refused to give up hope. Rather than admit defeat, an opportunity was presented, and it involves each and every one of you. Carol will feature spectacular guests who will share their messages of hope, encouragement, and their inspiration to prove why life's adversities only make you stronger. And now, welcoming the host of the show, here's Carol Graham. Welcome, Stacey. I'm so glad you're able to join us today and never, yeah. ever give up hope. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Oh, and I'm. you have so many things that we're going to cover. I mean, just that little blurb in the beginning is, is just a smidgen, but there's so many things that I'm anxious to hear uh, from a woman in your position and also an entrepreneur, two very different areas, as I'm sure you're fully aware. So right. one of the things that I'd like to address first before we talk about your mom, which we mentioned in the beginning, is this. It's a quote that you gave me, and you said, It is strange, yet surprising, how some very small things shape the momentous events of your life. So tell us about that, about maybe that momentous event, and what happened then with your mom, etc. So whatever you would like to share in that. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not sure what, <laughs> which part of my life I was referring to when I when I said that. But um, yeah, it's always, I, I mean, I have multiple of those momentous sort of events that um, change the path of my life. So, um, you know, referring to my mom, yeah, it was uh, August of 2018. And I was home after work and got a call from my stepdad who was at the Abilene Police Department being questioned, um, Abilene, Texas, that is. And um, he told me that my mom had, he had found my mom murdered um, in their home. And, you know, the thought of the word murder ever being associated with anyone in my family or anyone I know, it's just um, crazy. Like I just never even could imagine I would ever have anything to do with that word. And, you know, everything after that is kind of kind of a blur. But, um, you know, what I really like to stress to people is that, you know, I went probably eight months after her murder mm. of just really in what I call robot mode, where I was I was here. I was I was present. I got up every day. I did did what I was supposed to do. But mentally, I, I was a robot. I was just going through the motions and not um, not dealing with what had happened, not dealing with my life. And, you know, one day I, I, 
I guess it was around around March or so of um, 2019, I just said, you know what, I'm wasting, you know, what was taken from her. I'm wasting my life that I still have and I can still do big things and great things. And I, you know, I can live big enough for both of us. And so, you know, I tell people that because, um, don't take for granted what, what you still have, you know, her life was stolen from, from her. And so now I feel obligated every single day, Carol, to really live for both of us. I, 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 it's my passion, um, since her death is to really do the things that would make her proud and, um, live big enough so that um, people will still remember her. What an incredible motivation and also turning a very negative into something positive. And I appreciate that. Now, the <clears throat> the quote that I got that I mentioned there, where I got it from was when you were talking about your success as a salesperson okay. to running a multi-million dollar company overnight. That's pretty, right. pretty fantastic. So share that with us. Yeah, um, I I had been tried multiple businesses right out of college and and failed miserably at several of them, and you know it, it was a it was a devastating moment in my life because all of my family was very successful entrepreneurs. My mom took one retail store and turned it into five, um, and ran those for forty four years. My grandparents owned retail stores. My aunts and uncles owned retail stores. So, you know, I came from this place out of college, which you know, college was mandatory in my family, but right out of college, I came from this place of um, expectation of success. Like everyone else in my family was successful. So of course I was somehow owed success and, and that didn't happen. I bought my first retail store at age 24 and um, failed miserably. Um, it was a lingerie store. And about the same time I bought it, Victoria's Secret decides to launch in every shopping mall in America and, oh, you know, they, they, they could sell it for what I could buy it for. So, that, you know, there was no way to compete. So after that, I say all that to tell you that after that, I went into outside sales, which turned out to be much more up my alley because I enjoyed going and getting the customers instead of sitting back in a retail environment waiting for the customers to come to me. But the quote you're talking about is I, I ended up spending several years with a company called Nextel. It was a cellular company. And I won a lot of awards. I I was awarded a lot of trips, a lot of different things for my sales success. And I was on a conference call at one point for the entire company, telling them how, you know, this little girl in Abilene, Texas could be selling more Nextel phones than these these big guys out in the the large cities like the Metroplex and Houston and and wherever. And so I was giving all these examples and and the, the senior VP at the time, you know, looked at me and he said, Gosh, Stacy, he said, you know, if you can do that in a, in a little town like Abilene, what could you do in a big city? You know, what could you do in a bigger market? And Carol, that just stuck with me. And it, it was just that one, that one moment I was just like, wait a minute, he's right. You know, what could I do if I had endless possibilities and endless resources? And, and so that, that really um, stuck in my mind. And you know, I continued continued in outside sales for quite a while, but always along the way, knowing that one day um, I wanted to stop making someone else rich and I wanted to start working for myself. And you did. Yeah. Yeah, I finally did. One thing that I'd like to back up a little bit before we go on to more of your successes, which there are many, and that is because my listeners, many of them are seeking 
for answers on how they cannot give up hope. This is in every area, not just finances, which obviously you're going to display that for us. But also, uh, just to step back for a moment regarding your mom, because I know that that's not the only time that you have had something happen in your life where it devastated you. And how? what are the specific steps that you took that you can remember and that you could share for someone else who may be going through a situation where they just don't know how to cope with it. Is there anything that you can share other than what you have already? I think, I think right after a tragedy, you know, people come around you and they surround you. And I think the hardest part is directly after that, when everyone sort of gets back to their lives, um, it really hits you hard that, you know, it's over. Like there's, there's this outpouring of love and support and everything when it comes to the funeral and, and, you know, days thereafter, but then everybody sort of disappears and goes back to their regular lives. And, you know, you can take that and sort of feel really sorry for yourself and kind of make yourself miserable and everyone around you miserable, or you can do something about it. And so I really chose the path of trying to reach out to those people that, you know, I know are just busy and, and, and got distracted. And, you know, people are really great. If you just ask, if you just let people know that you're hurting and you need some help and you need to talk or, you know, whatever the case may be, you know, it's, it's so, it's so simple to just start, you know, feeling sorry for yourself and like thinking there's, there's no way you're ever going to get over this. And, um, you don't ever get over the pain. I mean, the pain is always there. You just make room for it. You just, you just say, okay, this is, this is my new normal, my new life. And um, you've got to make plans and make decisions about how you're, you're going to, you know, go forward. And so I'm a real planner type A individual. So that really helped me get through it is, you know, making plans, staying busy is huge um, when you're dealing with such loss. Um, Just keeping, keeping your mind occupied and trying to think of things that, would make, you know, that person proud and would make that person um, happy that, that you're living, living their path for them, if that makes any sense. That makes total sense. And, you know, I think when we do go through tragedies, we often tend to try to nurture ourselves. But what, you, what you're saying, if I'm hearing you correctly, is to do what she would have you do which is go on with life so it's not nurturing yourselves but taking yourself and pouring it into someone else's life as she would have exactly and I you know I spoke at her funeral um, and and I hear a lot of people say yeah a lot of people say I could have never done that I could have never done that but you know I knew that's what she would want she would not want me to um, hand that that off to someone else she she would want me to be the one to do it and so you know I just um told myself, you know, you'll regret it if you don't do it. And so I did it. And, 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 you know, thinking about what, what you're saying right now is, you know, I got up there and I, you know, we talked, I talked about her life. I talked about who she was and I talked about, you know, the legacy that she's left in Abilene for running such great businesses there for so long. But in the end I said, you know, guys, she would be so thankful that we're all here. And we, we had to rent out a, mm-hmm. a huge, you know, building for, for the funeral because there's so many people that lives she had touched. But, 
you know, I also know my mom and I know that she would say, okay, guys, this was great. Thank you. (laughs) Thanks for the celebration of life. But now let's all, you know, fix our makeup, fix our hair and let's all get back to work. Um, Because that's just the person she was. She was, she used to tell me when I was a child, if, you know, if I was ever upset about something or depressed, she would say, you know, Stacey, nobody likes a poor pitiful put upon pearl. And um, it's true. People don't want to be around people that are depressed or sad or, you know, um, can't kind of cope. And so, um, you know, I, I still remember her telling me that. And I, every time I, I think I can't go on, I, I remember that statement. I think what's important here, and I know you'll agree with me, is that that does not deny the reality of it. Oh, of course it's not. It's not a matter of putting it under a rug, but you worked through it. You took the steps, you worked through it, and then you said, okay, you know, put on the boots and now move forward as she would have. And, and I'm sure you just sense, you know, her appreciation of you doing that. Uh, uh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I you know, and it, it all depends on, you know, you and how you cope with, with things. But for me, that's what helped me get through it. Or, and I'm not, I'm not through it. I mean, it's still, I still miss her every single day and, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, it, It'll never be over, but I'm able to function and I'm able to um, move on and and try to make her proud. I mean, I, you know, I know I made her proud before she um, was murdered. Uh, She was always my biggest cheerleader, but um, I feel an obligation to continue to do that. One of the things that uh, I noticed when I was reading over your bio is that passion you have for helping families of law enforcement and also launching your own company, which is Point Blank Safety Services. So tell us a little bit about your passion. I know that you're married to a police officer and that would probably be part of it, but it isn't necessarily the driving force. So tell us about that. Well, I mean, referring back to my mom, she used to always tell me, um, Stacey, if you don't like your life, you're the only person that can change it. Uh-huh. And that's, that is 100% the truth. And, you know, my husband's a police officer. So a lot of people don't know that police officers, at least in Texas, a lot of them don't make a lot of money. Um, and then I, as I referred to earlier was outside sales, which if you've ever been in outside sales, yes, you, you can make a lot of money, but it's, uh-huh. it's very feast or famine. Um, you know, you're either having a great month or you're having a month that you're trying to refill your funnel. So it's kind of up and down. And then he had a very low base salary as a police officer in a small department. And, you know, I, I didn't like living paycheck to paycheck. I just, uh-huh. I, it's hard and I didn't like it. And I wanted better for me. I wanted better for my family. And I wanted to help other officers that, um, you know, my husband's passion is service. Um, he's, not a police officer for the money. He's a police officer because that's what he feels driven to do. And, and a lot of officers are in that same boat. So that's kind of when I came up with my, my next big idea, I said, you know, there's gotta be a better way for these guys to get as much or as little off duty extra work as they want, or they need, Mm. you know, to, to budget for their family. Um, you know, I watched my husband work off duty jobs here and there, but Carol, it was so random. We never knew when he was going to get an off-duty job. And then more than that, we never knew when he was going to get paid for that off-duty job. So as kind of the CEO of my family, it was really hard to budget or plan or anything. I mean, he would get home from a shift and, you know, then they would call wanting him to go to off-duty. And, you know, I'd just plan dinner or whatever. It's like, gosh, if we'd only known in advance, 
um, you know, we could have, we could have made arrangements because we, you know, definitely needed the work. And so I just said, you know, I'm going to do it. I'm going to start a company. And so I named it point blank safety services. And, you know, I had the sales, um, ability right, and right. contacts and my husband had the police contacts. And so I created, created a marketplace where, um, you know, police officers can go and get as much or as little off duty work as they want. Um, they know up to 30 days in advance when they're scheduled to work, where they're scheduled to work and when they're going to get paid. And it's just kind of, you know, a better, a better mousetrap, if you will. And, um, you know, we've, we've now been in business, um, since 2012, we've, we're now one of the largest traffic, traffic safety companies in the state of Texas. We employ over 200 police officers and we have about 15 contracts all over the state. So I, I not only changed my life, I changed my kids' lives, and I've changed about 200 police families' lives, um, you know, for them to be able to, I don't know, go on vacation or pay for the braces or, you know, whatever the case may be, you know, they can now now have that security. And what exactly do they do? We work for TxDOT, for prime contractors, for highway construction. I don't know if you know this, but in Texas, there's two seasons. There's winter and highway construction. <laughs> yes, I've so, heard that. <laughs> so there's there's no lack of of um, highway work. And TxDOT, um, Texas Department of Transportation, requires police officers to be on those construction sites to not only keep the construction workers safe, but to keep the traveling citizens safe. So there's sort of the buffer for the the lane closures or the strapping machines or the machines laying down the buttons or the, the, you know, concrete barriers or whatever. Um, and they keep the public, the traveling public safe, keep them slowed down in those construction construction zones and keep the prime contractors safe as well. Well, thank you for sharing that. I, I had no idea, you know, when I, when I read point blank safety services, I mean, I love the name, but I didn't really understand what it was. So thank you for sharing that. Now, you also have founded a nonprofit, and I really want you to share about that too, because you took your success and you uh, turned it also into helping others. But before we do that, I'm just going to take a quick break, and then we're going to hear about your nonprofit and also your book. So we'll be right okay. back. Carol Graham would like to show you the path from misery to miraculous triumph in her fast-paced memoir, Battered Hope. She relates her determination to succeed as someone who experienced one horrendous nightmare after another. Gang raped and left for dead, loss of a child, husband falsely imprisoned, and cancer. Nothing could break her tenacity or faith. No matter what you face, heartache, loss, suffering or injustice, Carol will illustrate how she became a victor the same way you can. The secret is to never, ever give up hope. Order your copy at Amazon or batteredhope.blogspot.com. Thank you for sharing that about the Point Blank Safety Services. And to continue, I want you to share about how you use the success of that to found a nonprofit called the Blue Family Fund. Sure. Well, in um, 2017, my husband and I sort of looked at each other and we said, you know, we've been so blessed. Um, Point Blank has really taken off, you know, surpassed any levels of success we ever thought. And so we said, you know, how can we pay this forward or give back or however you want to 
say it. And so we started looking at different charities and, you know, there's a lot of them out there and some of them are, are really great. Um, and then there's a lot of them that very little of your donation actually goes to the cause. And so that's just not how I want to spend my money. Um, we all work hard for our money and we deserve to be able to to put it where, where we believe it's, it's, you know, the best fit. We said, you know what, we started a company, let's, let's start a nonprofit and let's do, <laughs> let's do it our way. And so we did, we started Blue Family Fund. We got our 501c3 certification from the state of Texas. And so we're a little different. We don't um, take salaries from the nonprofit. We don't, we pay all of the expenses for the nonprofit personally ourselves. So literally every single dollar donated to Blue Family Fund goes to either a scholarship, a dependent of a first responder, or it goes for financial aid to the family of a fallen or injured first responder. We just started in 2017, and to date we've been able to give financial aid to 11 families, and we've given oh, out five wow. scholarships. Wow, that's amazing. And how, how are these families picked? Well, they can apply through our website, which is bluefamilyfund.org, or a lot of it, you know, being that we're also a police company and kind of first responder company, a lot of it comes word of mouth or through the, through the news media, we'll see, you know, situations that take place and then we'll reach out. But typically people either reach out to us or they go through our website to um, let us know of an of a officer or officer family in need or, or any first responder in need. We've helped um, the family of a dispatcher um, that she just, passed away unexpectedly on the job. You know, we've helped firefighters, we've helped, you know, all, all, all lines of, of first responders. Is this strictly in your community or have you set this up in other communities as well? Or are you thinking about setting it up in other communities? Well, currently we're just Texas. We've, we've helped all over the state of Texas. Um, and, you know, that's just about as far as our, our reach has gone at this point. We would love to continue to expand and have help in, in all areas of, um, you know, the United States. But, you know, being that we're so new and, you know, people are very hesitant to donate to something that they've never heard of. Of course. So we've, we've really spent the, the last three and a half years really just building awareness and getting the word out for, for what we do, who we are, why we're different, and that sort of thing. Now, you have more than one book out as well, correct? I do, I do. So I want you to tell us about each of them, also who should buy them, like where your audience is, and just tell us. About well, if you are an entrepreneur or a business owner or even someone with just a great idea and you just don't know where to go from here, that's really what all of my books are all about. Oh. Um, sort of giving you the steps and the encouragement and the motivation or the inspiration to go to that next level, to really take that jump or that leap. Um, that it takes to really kick off a business. And so it's a lot. The most recent book is called Turn Your Passion into a Million Dollar Business. I did. And it's on Amazon. It's in um, hardback or, or um, paperback. And it's really just kind of my story, how I got to where I am, the steps I took, the strategies I took to get there. You know, it also talks a lot about my failures and, and how I learned from those and how I got past being afraid, afraid to fail. Because you will never find your true gift in life if you don't try more things. You got to fail to move forward because you got to figure out, you know, like I mentioned earlier, if I hadn't failed at, at retail sales, retail stores, you know, I would have never um, found what I'm doing today. Failure is just a learning lesson and a way to move forward. And so I talk a lot about that. 
Um, I also have a cookbook, which doesn't seem like it would be related, but it's co-written with um, one of my good friends, Donnie Bovine, and it's called Recipes for the Busy Badass. And what that means is those business owners or entrepreneurs that are putting in, you know, 60, 70, 80 hours a week, and they just want an easy recipe to come home and, um, and make with things that are probably already in their pantry. But that book is also loaded with success recipes. How, how did Donnie start his business? How did I start my business? Oh, okay. who, who inspired me? There's lots of um, quotes and, you know, different um, ways to get successful, tips about networking and, and all kinds of stuff. So it's more than just a cookbook. But, you know, talking about my mom, I said, you know, she ran five retail stores for 44 years. And Carol, I never, ever remember eating takeout, ever. Wow, that's um, great. Yeah, I had a home-cooked meal on the table every single night. And she left in the morning before 7 a.m. And she got home after 6 p.m. every single day. And I never remember eating takeout. So I wrote the book as sort of a, a tribute to her. And, you know, you can do it. It's just a choice. You know, if you want to make a meal for your family overnight, it is possible. And it doesn't have to be fancy and it doesn't have to be complicated. It just has to be delicious. So um, that book is also, that cookbook is on Amazon. And then I'm also a co-author. Um, I just have a chapter in a book called Money Matters. And it's just a bunch of business owners and entrepreneurs that got together and um, put a, a, a chapter of advice, sort of how you can take your business to the next level. Um, um, that, that book actually went to best bestseller on Amazon. So tell us the three names again. Um, the solo book where I'm the solo author is um, Turn Your Passion into a Million Dollar Business. I did. Mission Money Matters is the multiple author book. I have a chapter in that book. And then the cookbook is with Donnie Bovine and it's recipes for the busy badass. Now you're also a motivational speaker. So is this basically what you share and what type of venues do you speak at? I just recently spoke with the entrepreneurship class at Southwestern Adventist University. I spoke at a business summit back in September. So, I mean, really any, any platform, it just seems that my story, you know, we didn't get into the beginnings of point blank safety earlier, but you know, I literally um, was in the bathroom in September 2014, putting on makeup, um, getting ready to go to my full-time job when the doorbell rang and it was FedEx and they had a package for Point Blank Safety. And at that point, Point Blank Safety was still, you know, me and a business card trying to trying to make it happen. I was still working a full-time job and raising two boys and, you know, the whole the whole thing. And I opened the package to find a $1.5 million contract to use our officers on a managed lane project from <laughs> Dallas to Denton. Oh, so wow. when people hear that, it's kind of the true American dream. Um, you know, what everybody really dreams of when they okay. go to start their business, um, you know, that they're going to win some huge contract or, you know, they're going to have a life changing um, event. And so a lot of people really request me to come in and tell that story and help motivate business owners who are kind of stuck or, or, don't know what to do next or where to go with, um, you know, their business. And so when I tell that story, you kind of walk away um, inspired, motivated, you know, or ready to launch maybe the thing that you've been too scared to, to, to go for it with. On that note, is there possibly a challenge you would like to leave your audience? I just challenge you to go bigger um, or try more things. You know, if you're, 
if you're not breaking stuff every single day, you're not going big enough. You're not trying hard enough. And, you know, it's okay to, to fail. It's okay for every idea doesn't have to be a home run. You, you just want to put yourself out there because you'll never know if you don't try, you know, you've got to take that leap or that jump and um, just go for it. The only thing that you don't want is to, is regret, right? You don't want to regret that you didn't try it. Um, and don't, you know, my other challenge would be, don't, I call them dream killers. You know, those people where you tell, tell them your idea and, you know, all they say is, hmm, I don't know, that might work. I don't know. I've never heard it done like that. You know, don't listen to those people. That's right. You know, don't, they they don't come right out and kill your dream, but they'll they'll um, break it up piece by piece by piece until you are um, demotivated or you you start not believing in yourself. I had my fair share of dream killers that said, "Hey, Stacy, that that's a marketplace for off duty work. That's not a thing. That's not a real business. That'll never work." And I didn't listen because I I believed it was a thing and I believed it would work and I believed in myself and I knew I was willing to put in the work to make it happen. So. I challenge you not to listen to the dream killers. They can still be in your life. Just don't share your business stuff with them. Share everything else. Um, and then um, just go for it. You know, just just make it happen. It's interesting that several of the things you just said in that, in that summary are exactly what almost every one of my interviewees has been saying recently. I don't know if it's because a sign of so much negativity being in the world now and those who choose not to listen and have overcome that and, you know, they block that out. These are the people that you want to listen to. People like yourself, people who choose to listen to the right things and not to those who are going to squelch your dreams. So I really appreciate that and I hope that everyone heard that. Another thing you said that really rang true and I sincerely appreciate this more than you can imagine and I know many people are going to relate and that is do not be afraid to fail because you need to fail to move forward. And so you look at failure not as a stumbling block but what? As a stepping stone. And another thing that you said, like there's so many tidbits here, I love them, was about regret. What if, what if, what if, how many times don't we say if only? And if only I had done that, if only I had done that, but you are saying, what if you do it? You know, what if, what can change? And that is an incredible message. And my hat's off to you and what you have endured and also your tenacity and your strength and your encouragement. And I appreciate the challenge that you gave the audience today. So is there anything else you'd like to say in closing? Well, just thank you so much for having me. It's, it's been really great. And, you know, I, my motto, I mean, the reason I was attracted to your podcast is my motto is always never give up. When people ask me what I do, I say, you know, whatever it takes. And I mean it. You know, you're, you're the only person that can change your life. So surround yourself with other like-minded, successful people, and you will be successful. It's, it's, it really does make a difference. It's what you attract. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Stacey, for being on Never, Ever, Ever Give Up Hope. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Never, Ever Give Up Hope, featuring Carol Graham. Did you know that most people succeed because they are determined to? 
quitting was never an option. Carol loves your comments and will respond to each one. So please subscribe and review this podcast. A rating of five stars would be outstanding and appreciated. Remember, if you are still here, there is always hope.